walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host. The hardest part of the ring. I don't know why I smelled my microphone like Monty Brown. The hardest part of the ring is here, also known as Kyle. Glad to have you. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. Take your shoes off. It's an Asian household. Go ahead, grab you some chopsticks, sit at the kitchen table, crisscross applesauce. Hope everybody had a lovely 4th of July, 4th of July weekend, all of that jazz. Planning to put this out the day after the 4th of July, also known as the 5th of July. So <laughs> we're a uh, fucking cat here in my mouth already. So hopefully um, everybody's still alive. Hopefully I'm still alive. Uh, going to the lake this weekend down in Virginia, North Carolina border. Um, so maybe or maybe it's just a postmortem or uh, not postmortem post humorous podcast. Who knows? That'd be pretty, pretty nice, right? Um, but yes, Ring of Honor, that's what we're here to talk about today. Ring of Honor, October 2003. That's where we're at. That's where we are chilling today. Uh, no guests, just raw dogging this episode. I feel like, you know, first of all, I always feel bad making somebody watch two sh- Ring of Honor shows. I mean, they're th- Three hours long, it's six hours of indie wrestling. That's a lot to ask from somebody. I appreciate people that have done that uh, in the past for me, but we're gonna we're gonna give this a little uh we're gonna give this a little whirl here. Just just me and you. It's not just me. This isn't a solo show. It's me and it's you. It's like, you know, I I'm the stepdad getting my stepchild out, and then we're playing catch. You know, we don't need mom here. It's just you and me, sport, you know? So uh, create any Pornhub fantasy you want from that. But we're here, we're queer, and we're talking about, like I said, October 2003, Ring of Honor. Two shows within this month, hence why we're just kind of clam-baking this together. We got Tradition Continues. And Empire State Showdown, uh, two shows happening about a week from each other. And uh, we'll get into the cards. We'll obviously get into the matches, what happened, title changes, storyline progression, all that jazz. But first, 
let me tell you to go ahead and give daddy a kiss. No, give the video. If you're watching the video, which by the way, I may or may not add graphics and stuff to this. So it might be worth checking out. Also, I got my, my nifty little Brit heart button up on. It's a fun little time. I'm numb. You know, I'm, I'm here. I want to look at you. I want to look you in the eyes as I talk about special K. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah. Give the video a like. <laughs> Leave a comment. What'd you enjoy from this show? What do you enjoy about Ring of Honor? Hell, doesn't even have to be about Ring of Honor. Give me your favorite, um, your favorite Teletubby. Leave it in the comments. Argue about it amongst yourself. Team Poe, Team Tinky Winky. It's not a porn star's name. Anyways, do that. Rate the podcast, review it, follow me on... So I'm just getting this shit out of the way so we can have a good old time. Follow me on the socials. Hey, at Apron Bump, by the way. At Apron Bump on all the social medias. And hey, if you like Ring of Honor, maybe you're like... Maybe you don't know a lot about Ring of Honor, like, especially this era, which me, I'm going through all of this for the first time. So you can come along the journey with me. And if you're just hopping in, or maybe you want to start from the very beginning, as I did, Go to apronbump.com, go to the episodes tab and select ROH, and that'll bring you to all of the Ring of Honor shows that I've recapped, which is every single one since the very first show, all the way through 2002 and all the way through 2003, at least up to this point, October 03. So go check that out. It's, it's always a silly, silly time and a lot of really fun wrestling and there's a lot of really interesting stuff that we talk about, me and my, my various guests that I have. But like I said, no guests on this show. A good old uh, 1v1 with you in the hardest part of the ring. So let's get into it, man. First of all, where are we at? You know, October 2003 is a lot going on. Ring of Honor is, has a lot of moving pieces. A lot. They got, they got tournaments going on. We got titles involved. We got so many different storylines and webs and people getting built, people not getting built. And I think that's a lot of what this episode is going to be since there's no guests to kind of fill in on the context of things. We can kind of just, this is how I started recapping Ring of Honor, just myself kind of working my way through this. And now, now we can kind of just kind of, just kind of just take all of this and wrap it around us and marinate it. That's what we're here to do today. Ring of Honor, of course, the world champion Samoa Joe is in the midst of his uh, what would go on to be a legendary title reign. Um, defends his title this month, of course, and I think we see a lot of progression in Samoa Joe, and we'll get more into that um, as we talk about his matches. The last show, the last Ring of Honor show that I covered, beating the odds, we saw Jay Briscoe um, beating the odds and uh, earning a number one contendership trophy uh, by winning a four-way, a four-way, which, by the way, had the champion in it, Samoa Joe. So Jay Briscoe won that, and uh, he earns a title shot, which we'll be talking about here shortly against Samoa Joe. Spoiler alert, it's a banger and a half, but uh, no surprise, because the Briscoe, it seems like everything the Briscoes do is fucking amazing, and that's, I would say the top two matches probably, and we'll work our way through it. I might change my opinion, but I would say the top two matches from this month both have the Briscoes in it. So, and not even as a tag team, but we're still building towards that. And we know the run that they would have, but we're still, you know, single Briscoes here. We had Steve Carino and CM Punk kind of had a scuffle. 
Oh, by the way, CM Punk, him and Raven had their feud, right? Which I guess we'll talk about it now. CM Punk and Raven, right? They had a feud. I think it's pretty well known the dog collar match that they had at uh, Death Before Dishonor. And Raven and CM Punk, they've been feuding for forever. The better part of 03, for sure. Let's call it six months, at least. And from watching this month of Ring of Honor, it seems like it's over. I mean, CM Punk has pretty much dominated the feud uh, with the exception of... I can't even really remember what he's... I know Raven won the Steel Cage match, but I think CM Punk has won pretty much everything else. And even in that Steel Cage match, Punk ended up getting the upper hand on him before he left. So Raven's bald now. It's a whole weird thing. So, um, seems like that feud's over, but that being said, let's just assume it's over, right? CM Punk and Raven. Like, this is a feud that I've always heard about, right? I've never watched, but I've always heard about how legendary this feud was. And while I, I will say that the promos are probably the best promo content that Ring of Honor has given us so far. However, I would say it's pretty one-sided uh, on the on, in the favor of CM Punk because CM Punk, when it comes to talking, I don't think there's anyone particularly close in Ring of Honor at this point. Like maybe Steve Carino, but he has his own annoying quirks that we'll get into more when they have a spoiler alert. CM Punk versus Steve Carino is a match that happens this month. A lot of shenanigans afoot there, but we're, we're talking about CM Punk and Raven, right? Because I think we're like tying a bow on this. Wasn't that good. It was not as good as I thought it would be. The dog color match was was pretty good. Um, I think I had maybe higher expectations for it. Um, which probably made me enjoy it less than I did. And you could really say that for the entire feud. Um, but the steel cage match, that the house, the clockwork orange house of fun match wasn't that good. In fact, it was pretty bad. Uh, they had a bunch of random tag matches. You had like the Second City Saints with Punk and Cabana versus Raven and a bunch of different partners. You had like BJ Whitmer. You had, um, I think this even started bef- like before Colt, Cabana, and CM Punk aligned. Raven and Colt faced Punk and Ace Steel. Then you had the, like the turn with Colt joining Punk. And then you had a few other singles matches early on with Punk and Raven that weren't particularly great. And Raven's performance, like in the ring, man. Look, I, I've I've sung the praises of Raven um, a lot on this podcast, and I still maintain that he's he's incredibly underrated. I mean, just look at my podcast. Look at the stuff that I cover. He's he's in damn near every timeline that I cover. He's he's in Ring of Honor. He's in TNA. He's in WWE in the Ruthless Aggression era. He's in ECW in 1996. He's about to be in WCW in 96. And then he eventually joins WWF towards the tail end of the Attitude Era. Like, he's all over the place, right? I'm not even talking about Scotty Flamingo and the new generation. He's all over the place. And I think a lot of this, like ECW, he's a shining star. TNA, I thought he had a really good run. Um... My favorite hardcore title match of all time is Raven versus Rhino at Backlash 2001. (sighs) But as his his run in Ring of Honor, um, it's just it's been pretty uninspiring to me. I do. I do acknowledge that Raven brings in a 
he's a name, right? He's a legend. In 2003, he's a legend. And he brings that name recognition. And I think he was very pivotal in elevating CM Punk. Like he, he put the rocket on CM Punk because CM Punk came in like he was pretty well known, but man, the, the dynamic of Raven and we know his past, you know, alcohol and drugs. And that's the complete antithesis of CM Punk and everything he's about. So that just meshed into a really fun, just a, a, a fun dynamic for a back and forth and for CM Punk to really, it, it was a great source of emotion for CM Punk and his promos. And I think that's why. So some of those early CM Punk promos really were awesome, especially in comparison to everything else. Ring of Honor was putting out promo wise. And it's ultimately why CM Punk became a huge star in Ring of Honor, which is that catapulted him to WWE and beyond. So what I'm saying here is CM Punk and Raven, a very pivotal feud. And I guess warrants the kind of legendary moniker it's kind of been bestowed over the years but ultimately man i was kind of it didn't meet my expectations i'll put it that way maybe from a promo perspective but the matches lacked the intensity that i think that they needed with the exception of the doll color match but uh all that to say i think we're moving on from raven by the way We'll just knock this out real quick. Raven faces just incredible <laughs> on night one here. And we'll I'll lay out the cards, by the way, here in a second, just so we know what we're getting into. But Raven versus just incredible. 2003, I mean, you know what you're going to get. A very uninspiring match. So, and not a lot of really punk interactions there. And Punk and Carino seem to have a thing going on. So, a lot up in the air here, but it seems like Punk and Raven is done. So, but that's basically where we're at. This kind of just... <laughs> I guess all of that is to kind of set the stage for where we're at in October. Punk and Punk is doing his thing. Joe is doing his thing. We got we got uh, the Field of Honor is still underway. We'll kind of and that's another th- another reason I'm glad I'm doing this by myself. It's got to, to kind of just kind of recollect where we're at in the Field of Honor because there's two blocks, four guys in each block. Let's 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 calculate who's the wins and losses, who's in the lead, who's not in the lead, what direction they'd look like they're going into with this field of honor tournament. Um, if you're not familiar, it's a round robin tournament. So it's a it's a series of matches and the winner, the ultimate prize is still very vague, but the, like the stakes involved. But we'll get into that. Um, but you know what? Let's just let's go over the cards here. Let's just let's just lay it out. Let me put my let me put my two cocks on the table. And let's see how delicious they are. So we got two shows, obviously. We got Tradition Continues. Uh, We got Ring of Honor. Tradition Continues 2003. uh, Occurring on October 16th, 2003 from Glen Burnie, Maryland. I believe that's right outside Baltimore. The commentary was making it out like they were in in the Baltimore area. "Quote unquote." So, any any Marylanders, feel free to correct me. But Glen Burnie, Maryland, we got five hundred people in attendance. The card is as follows: We open up with Samoa Joe versus Prince Nana. And by the way, I'm just gonna lay out the card. We're gonna we're obviously gonna dive deeper into these matches as we go forward. But I'm just gonna purely lay out the card here. We got Samoa Joe versus Prince Nana to open up. And then we got a scramble tag team match 
the team of Danny Doreen and Josh Daniels versus the team of Slick Wagner Brown and Sanjay Dutt versus the Ring Crew Express versus the Rottweilers. Then we got a Field of Honor Block A match. We got Chris Sabin versus Matt Stryker. Then we got a Field of Honor Block B match. BJ Whitmer versus Colt Cabana. Then we got a Ring of Honor Tag Team title match. We got the champions, the Backseat Boys, team of Johnny Cashmere and Trent Acid versus Special K, team of Dixie and Izzy. Then we got CM Punk versus AJ Styles. Then we got a Field of Honor Block B match. We got Jimmy Rave versus Dan Moff. Then we got Raven versus Just Incredible. Then we got a Four Corners survival match. We got John Walters versus Mark Briscoe versus Xavier versus Homicide. And then the main event of tradition continues. Samoa Joe, the champion, defending his Ring of Honor world title against Jay Briscoe. So that's what we'll call that night one. So if I ever if I say night one and night two, this is night one that happens this month. Night two, which is uh, Empire State Showdown 2003, occurring on October 25th, 2003, which is a little over a week after the previous show. This is taking place, I believe it's their debut in West New York. This is occurring from Spencerport, New York, from the Salmon Creek Country Club. Got 300 people in attendance. Opening up with Dan, uh, a Field of Honor Block B match. We got Dan Moff versus BJ Whitmer. We got a scramble tag team match. We got the team of Alex Shelley and Jimmy Jacobs versus the team of Don Juan and Fast Eddie versus the Outcast Killers, the team of Dablo Santiago and Omen Tortuga. All these fucking independent names versus the Ring Crew Express versus, yeah, that's it. That's four teams. Good job at counting, Kyle. Um, we got a, uh, a match between John Walters and Christopher Daniels. We got another Ring of Honor tag team title match. match. Uh, we'll say the champions from night one defending against the Carnage crew represented by DeVito and Loke. Got a Field of Honor block A match. Chris Sabin versus Xavier. Then we got CM Punk versus Steve Carino. Then we got another Four Corners survival match. John Walters versus Jimmy Rave versus Just Incredible versus Colt Cabana. Then the main event of this show is it's a non-title match. Okay, Samoa Joe wins <laughs> night one. Uh, but it's non-title. We got Samoa Joe versus Homicide. So if you remember from the, uh, the last show I covered, Beating the Odds, it closed out with Homicide challenging Joe. He was like, I don't even care if the title's on the line. I just want your big Samoan ass. So I'm paraphrasing. But that's night two Empire State Showdown. So that, that, that gives you an idea of what we are uh, looking at October 03. So with that, where do we even begin here, folks? Where else would we begin? We got we gotta we gotta rattle off the top five rankings, right? <laughs> night one. Obviously, there's gonna be two sets because there's two nights, but we'll just start with night one. 
And then maybe I'll end with night two and see where the rankings are. And maybe I'll even give my own rankings. Wouldn't that be fun, huh? Love rankings in wrestling. So night one, the top five rankings to open the show. Number one, Jay Briscoe, obviously. He's the number one contender. Number two is Christopher Daniels. Number three is Cole Cabana. Number four is Homicide. Number five is Steve Carino. So we'll see how that changes depending on what happens on this show. But overall thoughts, really, before we even really dive too deep into this. I thought this was a good month of wrestling, man. I thought um, in terms of Ring of Honor, and this is kind of something I wanted to touch on in the beginning. Ring of Honor 2003 is a little... I don't even want to say like it, it hasn't met my expectations. It still feels very indie at this point. It's not the Ring of Honor that is like, like you, you still have a lot of international talent and these crowds are super hyped for it. And they're obviously traveling now. So Ring of Honor is a pretty established name at this point. But it seems like a lot of like in terms of like storylines and builds to people, it seems like a, a little disorganized at certain points. A lot of wires are tangled. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of points. There's a ton of these promos. I've, I've even covered them in past shows where it'll be like, it'll be like a guy cutting a promo. Let's say, I think on this show, Steve Carino cuts a promo at one point. And he's like, um, <laughs> cause he has like three different feuds going on. He starts out. He's like, Christopher Daniels, the prophecy. Why are you coming at me? Why are you mad at me? Cause there's a whole thing with the prophecy and the, did they attack? Lucy or what there's we'll get into it but Steve Carino's like Christopher Daniels I wear buds man why are you so mad at me and then in the same promo he's like and that brings me to homicide ah you you thought you beat me at that show well we're gonna have another match sooner or later bud and by the way before before I go I, I better acknowledge you CM Punk like he's it's like I'm going to acknowledge this feud and then this feud. And it's like almost like three promos in one sitting, right? There's a lot of that. Homicide had a similar one to the last show. My point is, is that there is a lot of like people that have multiple different feuds. It could, this, this could be a very dependent on like certain people being around. Like I know people in ring of honor at this point and really throughout their entire history, people will go on tours of Japan. So like feuds will like be paused for a little bit. Like there was like a few months stretch where there was, no Steve Carino and Ring of Honor. And at this point, a, a pretty glaring omission on this show, on this month, and in many of the past shows that I've covered, there's been no fucking Brian Danielson. <laughs> like, where's where's the American Dragon at? I think he's in Japan at this point, I would assume. I don't think he's injured. He could be injured. Um, but we haven't seen him in a while. So that's kind of a representative of, you know, what we see at Ring of Honor. It's a lot of start and stop. But I think this month some of the some of the wires start to get a little untangled or top we're putting on bows on certain things there seems to be a little bit more of a clear direction going forward but like i said we'll get into that but i mean otherwise really fun wrestling throughout this entire month really i think in terms of like the presentation and it's even as simple things as like the lighting how the ring looks how you know just how 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 each person is represented how each person is building their character the the divisions the hierarchies within the roster as far as like the world title contenders the pure division the tag teams like all that stuff i think is really coming together here but uh it's it's <laughs> progressing a little slower than i thought it would but i'm enjoying it but you might have heard 
So if, if you're a regular listener and you listen to these Ring of Honor reviews, you might have noted some uh, some new names here, some debuts in Ring of Honor. We got Sanjay Dutt appearing for the first time, teaming with another first time uh, shower upper of Ring of Honor, uh, Danny Doring, which is a weird team, but uh, of ECW fame. This is where I know him from. We actually, we actually, we actually got three debuts in this one match. That uh, initial scramble match that I brought up. Danny Doring and Josh Daniels. Did I say that him and Sanjay were teaming? I was wrong about that. <laughs> Danny Doring and Josh Daniels versus Slick Wagner Brown in a debuting Sanjay Dutt versus the Ring Crew Express versus the Rottweilers. Now, who's the Rottweilers, you ask? Well, it's a faction that's been building, as we've talked about previously. Julius Smokes is at the head of it, you know. Right. You know, right. Julius Smokes is here, folks. Um, and he's the, I guess, the mouthpiece of the Rottweilers, which consists of Homicide, Slugger, and the debuting Grim Reefer. Grim Reefer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> By the way, Slugger. In the past, you've, you've probably heard me bring him up. He was the guy that was described as a large Rastafarian looking fella in like one of the first episodes. But he's here. He's wrestling. He's here in like an Eric Rowan type. Fit. He has like a jumpsuit. He looks less intimidating because he, he typically has like the suit and the glasses. But now he just kind of looks like a guy, to be honest. But but yeah, those are some new faces that we've seen. on Nothing particularly inspiring about this, <laughs> this scramble match. It's hilarious because we know the code of honor, right? You have to shake hands before and after every match. It's just you got eight guys in here and everybody has to shake everybody's hands. So that's like what? 64 variations of handshakes. Is that how you do, you do that? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> it takes forever. They have to do that before and after the match. So Dunn and Marcos throughout this entire month. I mean, they're they're. Not, they're not really jobbers. They've always been jobbers from what I've seen, but they're, they're starting to get some momentum behind them as uh, an underdog tag team. So they, they had a pretty good showing in this match. Danny Doring, Josh Daniels, honestly, not a lot to say about those guys. Just kind of generic white guys. Josh Daniels kind of has a Roderick Strong type of vibe to him, but I've never really heard much about him. So I guess, I guess Roderick Strong was just better, huh? But... Um, I did note that Danny Doring did his finisher, which is called the bareback. <laughs> what is it? I forget. I don't feel like looking it up, but it's called the bareback. So that's a bit of information for you. Uh, but yeah, Slugger ends up beating Dunn with the body bag, which is like a big ending type move. So building the Rottweilers here. And then you have Homicide represented in the main event of the second night. So. Big things for the Rottweilers, it seems, going forward in Ring of Honor. But speaking of tag teams, speaking of factions, speaking of tag teams, we got to talk about this tag team title situation here. So to recap, so AJ Styles and Amazing Red were the tag team champions. Amazing Red went down with an injury. I think it was a knee injury of some sort, maybe ACL. But uh, he had to have surgery, so he'll, he'll be out for a while. So AJ and Red had to vacate the titles. 
So at the last show, there was a gauntlet match to crown a new set of tag team champions in which the Backseat Boys won Johnny Cashmere, Trent Acid. The Backseat Boys win new champions, and they're here in night one to defend against Special K, represented by Izzy and Dixie in this case. Now, within this night one, Cole Cabana has a lot of appearances in like backstage and like segments and whatnot. And Cole Cabana has this new talk show called Good Times, Great Memories, which is fun. Um, but he has a little segment here where he's hosting and he brings on the Backseat Boys, the new champions. And I was realizing at that point, I don't think I've heard these two guys talk, really. So it was fun to kind of get some character development from those guys, really establishing the champions, giving me a reason to root for them. And Cole Cabana asks them at one point, if they get chubbed up when the fans put dollars in their trunks, that's a quote. Uh, so he's really asking the hard hitting questions, but I liked this. It was a silly segment, but I was like, okay, here's the backseat boys. I'm all for it. Then what happens? What happens? Hardest part of the ring. The backseat boys lose <laughs> the tag team titles to special fucking K. <laughs> it's not even like, it's not even Jay Lethal. It's Izzy and Dixie are your new tag team champions here. And that, that's what happens in night one. Kind of go over the match here, a little bit of stuff that happens. But, but right out the gate, first of all, Special K, this is kind of just a theme throughout this month. I'm starting to get behind Special K a little bit. <laughs> I, I think they're, they're phenomenal. I'm, I'm going to go out and say it. I love Special K, not the cereal. The cereal tastes like a, like a fat clown's asshole. Like, it is, the cereal sucks. The tag team, the wrestling tag team, big fan. Big old fan of these guys because, and we'll get into it, but they know their character. They know what they're there to do. They know what they are, and they execute it beautifully. So, <laughs> and they're the tag team champions. I mean, they're the best. It's, it's right there, right? And also, by the way, their music is hype as hell. By the way, I should mention with Special K, all, of course you have like the fucking 15 guys on the outside, but you also have Becky, which I don't know if you've heard, but uh, she's a bit of a floozy, I guess. I mean, I don't know. They didn't really make it that clear on commentary. And that slut Becky, daddy's little girl, she spends her, her parents' money on hotel rooms so she can do all these guys. Both these teams, I mean, I love watching the Backseat Boys. They're very... Super innovative when it comes to like tag team cohesion and the double team moves. There's a, the dream sequence, which is one of their big moves, which is like uh, the heart attack, you know, that Brett and Nightheart would do. It's like a heart attack, and then the one guy locks in a Moodle lock, and then the other guy goes and off the rope and hits a drop kick on the guy's face while the other guy's holding it. It's just so super smooth, really quick. The T gimmick which is uh, basically a choke slam, but under the armpits, but it's a double team one. 
Um, they pin Izzy, I think it is, but Lit p- pulls the referee so he can't make the count. Commentary is losing their minds over this. This is the, against the code of the, against the code of honor, don't you know? As the ref is really giving it to Special K on the outside, in comes Izzy with a belt shot to Trent, clocks him right in the face of the tag team title, goes for the pin, two count. My goodness, they almost won. Good thing they didn't. That would be crazy if Special K won these tag team titles. Dizzy follow, Dixie follows up with a gourd buster. Izzy with a springboard 450 for the win. <laughs> so Special K gets the win. New champs. And by the way, their, their <laughs> exit music is like a final countdown remix, which is hilarious given who, who would ultimately have that song. But um, Special K wins. They're celebrating. They're raving. And then in comes... H.C. Loke, former guest of the Apron Bump, representing the Carnage crew. He uh, clears the ring with a chair. I, I think commentary said to his partner, DeVito, had to work overtime, which uh, might be a shoot. I don't know. Uh, but they're like a blue collar team, so that could be a thing. But the Rottweilers also come in to run off Special K. We're, by the way, we're building to uh, apparently in November, there's going to be a big scramble cage match. So uh, the Rottweilers, I'm sure, will be involved, as will Special K and the Carnage crew and probably the Backseat Boys. I don't know. Um, but we're building to that. But main takeaway here, new champs, Special K. And we might as well just talk well, while we're talking about them. Let's, let's scoot on to night two. Special K is defending their newly won tag team titles against the Carnage crew. Uh, DeVito is here this time. Didn't have to work. Uh, teaming with Loke. We got the Carnage Crew versus Special K. It's been a long feud, not, not a super long feud, but it's been going on for a little bit. Um, obviously, you have Special K, who are the young raver kids that have their parents' money, money, and you have the Carnage Crew, which are two crusty old guys, blue collar. They hate their wives and their kids. They just want to put on their denim shorts and come on, come on and have a fight, and you know, drink beer and suck each other off like it's it, it just things that guys do right so that's the carnage crew and the special case so there's that dynamic there of butting heads different philosophies in life so it makes for you know it writes itself right uh i enjoyed this match special k versus carnage crew i i love watching the carnage crew wrestle they're another team that had just like really good double team moves really good team cohesion I mean, Carnage Crew, they're, and they, they know they're, they're another team that knows their character, right? I mean, they're not here to do, I mean, they do do like pretty complex moves at certain points, but they're, they, they start out this match by brawling on the outside. They bust open both of the, both Dizzy and Ixie. They're both bleeding. They're throwing them against ring posts and shit. So Carnage Crew dominates in the beginning. At some point, one of them hits the ropes inside the ring, and then he gets tripped up by one of the, Various special K members on the outside. This allows Izzy to hit a low blow onto, I believe it was Loke. And then Angel Dust, who's not in the match, comes out of like, like out of frame, comes out of nowhere with a springboard cutter, which I, the way that that was framed was awesome because it's like special K. They're like a, like, they're like a jackal, right? They're like a pack of jackals. Like they're just a bunch of little shits, a bunch of little rats. But when they, they have their numbers behind them, you know, people can distract the ref, people can distract the opponents. And then while that's happening, someone just jumps in from the ceiling, basically out of nowhere and hits them. And 
I love that dynamic of Special K. It makes them just just a bunch of shitty heels. I, I love it. Um, but that's a big theme of this match is like the Carnage crew will be kicking the shit out of these guys. But then numbers game kind of gets to the best of them. But HC Loke gets thrown to the outside at some point. <laughs> like everybody from Special K just gangs up on him. Uh, but DeVito gets the hot tag, just starts wrecking shop. He suplexes Dixie into the corner. And Dixie like lands in the corner into a tree of tree of woe, which is hilarious. He just stuck there. Um, then DeVito lawn darts Izzy into Dixie. So it kind of forms a little 69 action there. Then Carnage crew busts out a so DeVito has him in like a razor's edge position, throws him and Loke catches him into a neck breaker, which is a sick double team. Uh, at some point, Loke has Dixie and a guillotine. DeVito plunges onto Special K, everybody on the outside. But in the ring, Angel dusts in with a belt shot to Loke, again, using that title belt to his advantage. But then who distracts the ref? That's Becky on the outside, Chris! But Becky keeps distracting the ref so they can't capitalize on this belt shot. Um, so Carnage crew is able to fight back. They go for the spike pile driver off the second rope, but hijinks in with a strap, like a belt or a strap or something, breaks this pile driver up, and then Izzy with a springboard power bomb because you know Loke was like on the second rope. So Izzy just does like a flipping springboard power bomb, which looked pretty sick. And that gets the win. So Special K retains their tag team titles. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun match. Again, both teams that understand their characters and I, I really enjoyed it. So special K moving on as the dominant champs that they are. But speaking of champs, we have a couple guys that want to be champs here. We got eight. We got eight of them. The field of honor tournament continues throughout this month. Now, like I said, the, the, the rewards of this tournament are still very vague it's always like oh they're gonna sky they're gonna be in the main event scene if they win this but i still think it might have pure title implications but we'll see we'll see we still haven't figured that out but uh like i said it's two blocks each block has four people round robin so everybody faces everybody and uh, the two winners of each block will face each other in the finals and whoever wins that wins the tournament so where, where, where are we at? Where, where, by golly, where are we at with this field of honor? Well, I'll tell you. Block A. So, and this is an order of placement, right? So first to last. So block A, we got Xavier, who is 1-0. Matt Stryker, who is 1-0. Chris Sabin, who is 0-0. And John Walters, who is 0-2. And then you got block B. You got Colt Cabana, who is 1-0. BJ Whitmer, who is 1-0. Dan Moff, who is 0-0. Jimmy Rave, who was 0-2. So pretty identical uh, record sets here, but that's where we're at. So we got Colt, BJ, Xavier, and Matt Stryker as the front runners here. Uh, but things will change a little bit. We'll run down these matches real quick. Again, none of these matches really were the standout matches of this month, to be honest. But they were they all I enjoyed watching them because they had stakes, right? It's much like any like any tournament. The G1, the King of the Ring, the the whatever right each match matters because the wins and losses directly dictate who's going to ultimately be the the guy right so i enjoyed it for what it was but we had a few matches on uh this month we had uh we'll start out with chris saban versus matt striker 
this is uh, block A, night one. So Chris Saban, Matt Stryker. Stryker comes in at 1-0. Saban is 0-0. This was fine. It was a bit clunky at points. They're really pushing Matt Stryker. Chris Saban feels just like the new new guy. Just getting, He's just there to like get his name out there, whereas Matt Stryker feels like the guy that they're really pushing forward. So uh, by no, no surprise here, Matt Stryker ultimately gets the win. And with a, uh, I, I actually did really like the finish here. So Saban tries to do a crucifix pin onto Matt Stryker, but Stryker like rolls through it into the Death Valley driver, which looked sick. And that gives him the, I think he calls it the brow because he has a unibrow and that's his character. Also has a new goatee, which is a choice, but <laughs> Matt Stryker wins. By the way, not that Matt Stryker. But guess what? That Matt Stryker that you're thinking of, you know, from Lucha Underground, from the ECW New Breed, from the Big Daddy V manager, that Matt Stryker also makes his debut on this month. But suck me dry. That match was cut from the from the VHS. So they didn't show the match. But on cage match, I think he goes by Stryker because obviously it's the same name. So him, he faces some other Jamoke, who cares? But I was disappointed. I was looking, I was looking forward to seeing a young Matt Stryker here, but Matt Stryker with a Y gets the win here. And he moves on to 2-0. And then night two, block A, sticking with block A here. We have Chris Saban again, this time facing off against Xavier. So now Saban is 0-1, going against Xavier, who is 1-0. By the way, let me throw this out there because I've, sh- I've, sh- I've shit on Xavier a lot. I have a lot of good things to say about him this month. I thought he was a shining star in October of 03. But I got to say this. My man has the worst entrance music of all time, I think. This is not good, but otherwise, his performance, I thought, was pretty good, including this match, which is fine. Um, Saban's out here sporting a, a shiner under his eyes. So I think at some point in his match with Stryker from the previous week, which, by the way, he also got busted open. I don't even know if I mentioned that, but Saban took a beating in that match, and I guess he also had a black eye. But yeah, Chris Saban versus Xavier. They do the Code of Honor handshake, and by the way, Xavier... Was a member of the Prophecy, but there's been some tension between him and the rest of the Prophecy. So there's a big question of, oh, is he still in it? Is he not in it? And the big thing with the Prophecy is they don't, they don't like what Ring of Honor stands for. They hate the Code of Honor. They hate shaking hands. So while that's all up in the air, Xavier feigns like he's going to shake Chris Saban's hand, which would kind of imply that he's not in the Prophecy anymore. So they shake hands, but Xavier uses it to lure him in. He like has him by the hand. And then he like pulls him into a pump handle and like tries to hit his finish right off the gate. But Saban is able to um, counter out of it. I, I just thought that was very smooth. And Chris Saban, speaking of smooth, Chris Saban was just, in this match particular felt very crisp. Like it's it's you could see why he became such a big deal in TNA and why he's I mean he's the X division champion as as of this recording. So 
Um, obviously super, super talented. He's kind of like BJ Whitmer. If BJ Whitmer had some charisma to him, <laughs> but, um, and Xavier, super innovative. His moves don't always hit, but man, when they do, they are phenomenal. He does this like pendulum knee in the corner without his knee pad. He does a uh, surfboard, you know, the surfboard deal, but he bends, bends Saban into a dragon sleeper as he has him in it, which is a little more common nowadays, but I feel like in 2003, that was super innovative. Uh, but ultimately, Xavier, Xavier gets the win with a Cobra Clutch Exploder Suplex and then into the Moodle Lock for the win. So Saban taps out. So we got some new moves out here from Xavier. Uh, but again, I thought he looked he looked like he I think this field of honor is going to do a lot for Xavier, whether he wins or not. But he's just, as of this point, he's two and oh. So he's he's definitely a front runner here. So good stuff from Xavier. So that's block A. We got Saban losing twice, and then we got Matt Stryker getting a win, Xavier getting a win. Now we move on to block B. So night one, we got BJ Whitmer versus Colt Cabana. Colt busts out some, some pretty fun moves here. He has an iron claw, which I always mark out for. He also breaks out some really, both guys have some really brutal looking suplexes, just dumping each other on their heads. But Colt uh, ultimately gets a win after all of these big moves. Colt gets the win with a roll up. So a fine match. Nothing really much more to say about it. It was, it was a good little showcase for these guys. But Colt gets the win. So Colt is now 2-0 and BJ is 1-1. And then we move on to uh, later in night one. We got Jimmy Rave versus Dan Moff. And we still got because Jimmy Rave, is, I guess, is like the protege of AJ Styles. So before the match, AJ is telling Jimmy to take advantage of Moff's bad neck, which if you recall... A few shows ago, Lowkey and Dan Moff had a match where Lowkey kicked Dan Moff, knocked him out, and that's what ended the match. And then the last show with Dan Moff, we made fun of it, but he was like at home cutting promos, a little flip phone, and he was in a neck brace. So Dan Moff is, I guess, uh, he's recovered from that. So, but AJ Styles tells Jimmy Rave to attack the neck based on that. So. I mean, Moff right out the gate dominates. I mean, this this dude just tossing Jimmy Rave all around the place, all around the outside, just shit canning him into the barricades. By the way, these barricades, <laughs> I've talked about it, but just listen to how these sound when somebody gets thrown into them. More stuff on my mind now that I just got done with AJ Styles because I'm drug free and I'm up by Loki and he's just toying with When it comes to respect, Really brutal stuff here. Rave tries to fight back, hits a shining wizard off the apron, onto the floor, onto Dan Moff, which sends Moff like cascading head first into the barricade, which looked pretty gnarly. Um, in the ring, the Dan Moff's like the, the way Moff's head hits the barricade, this plays into his neck injury. So in the ring, they're both facing off in the ring, and Dan Moff's like, no, 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 don't hurt my neck. You don't want to injure me. And Jimmy Rave's like, yeah, that's a good point. I am a pretty nice guy. But that damn Dan Moff was playing possum. Hits the burning hammer. Drops. Well, he tries to, but Jimmy Rave lands on his feet. But then Moff just decapitates him with a lariat. And then hits the burning hammer for the win. So Dan Moff gets the win here. Which puts Moff at 1-0, right? Yep. It puts Moff at 1-0 and Rave at 0-3, I guess, right? And then after the match, of course, AJ is pissed, as he always is with Jimmy Rave matches. Yeah, God, you didn't do what I told you to do. Yeah, well, you, you attacked the neck. 
You know, he has a hurt neck. You, you got to attack the neck. You got to break a neck. Sorry, I just fell into Michael Hayes there for a second. But um, that's what we're at there. So uh, are we getting a Jimmy Ray versus AJ Styles match eventually? It seems like it. That should be pretty dandy if that happens, I guess. But then we move on to night two. Sticking with Block B, we got Dan Moff once again facing off this time against BJ Whitmer. So at this point, Moff is 1-0. BJ is 1-1. Just an, a, mat, a bunch of stiff suplexes again. <laughs> just That's both these guys' fortes, and that's what they did. Just taking turns back and forth. Again, a lot more, more barricade shots on the outside. Ultimately, though, it's very back and forth. It's very 50-50. But BJ Whitmer gets that last final shot. It's a wrist clutch exploder suplex for the win. So BJ gets the win here, puts him at two and one and Moth at one and one. But uh, I thought that was a pretty fun match. It was just bombs, man. You know, some matches are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chop a guy down. You work the guy down. This one was just goosh, 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 just wind, wind up, wind ups, just heavy shots. No quick attacks here, just heavy shots. So I thought that was pretty fun. Um, I think that concludes the field of honor from this month. So to recap the resulting standings, we got block a again, an order from top to bottom. We got Xavier and Matt striker at two and O Chris Sabin and John Walters both at O and two and block B we got Colt Cabana at two and O BJ Whitmer at two and one Dan Moff at one and one and Jimmy rave at 0-3. So, looks like Colt Cabana. I mean, definitely not Jimmy Rave. You can knock out Jimmy Rave, Saban, and Walters. So, really, the people in contention at this point are Xavier, Matt Stryker, Colt Cabana, BJ, and Dan Moff. So, my prediction, I, I don't know who wins this. Um, I think Matt Stryker is going to make a play. I think especially if this leads to the pure division, which they always reference like the pure quote unquote wrestling style during these matches, even though they haven't formally announced the title or like a separate division. I think from what I know, from what I understand, Matt Stryker becomes a pretty big part of the pure division. So I think this would be a pretty good launching pad for him. So I, I see Matt Stryker winning this, um, but there's a lot of ways it could go. So keep an eye on that folks. So that's the field of honor. So we got that going on. The tag team division is what it is. We've kind of touched on that. Let's talk about some standout matches from this month because there are some really fucking good ones. There, there are some, because we'll touch on Samoa Joe. We're going to leave Samoa Joe out of this for now. We're going we're gonna to conclude with him as he's the world champion. But outside of him and outside of what we've already talked about, there's, there's four matches that really stood out to me. So the first, first one of these which might be my favorite of the four. Still unsure, but the four corners survival match from night one. So there was two of them. There was one on night one, one on night two. The one on night one is phenomenal. Amazing. And I've talked about it before, but Ring of Honor and these four corners matches kind of became their staple. It was initially a way of just to kind of get people out there. But now, I mean, these are like consistently... They range from good to amazing. And this was towards the amazing end of the spectrum. It was just fantastic. We got John Walters versus Mark Briscoe versus Xavier versus Homicide. Now you look at that lineup and you might be like, maybe there, there's some talent there, but it's not match of the month. 
type stuff, I, I wouldn't think. But gosh, darn it, it is. This is um, just just pedal to the metal. Awesome false finishes, like really great near falls throughout this entire match. Hard hitting. Everyone I thought looked good, especially because Homicide is like the most established guy at this point as a singles. But he was more in the background than anybody else. It was more about getting the other guys over. Particularly John Walters, who is another guy who I think really shined in this month and is a guy I've never really paid much attention to and in, in what I've covered from him before. But damn, John Walters came out of this month looking hot and spicy because in this match played a lot into it. And we also got kind of the sub feud of John Walters and Xavier because they're both in the field of honor in the same block. Xavier beat John Walters last month. I think it was due to a low blow. It was, yeah, I think it was a low blow, which is like obviously against the pure wrestling kind of thing against the code of honor and against, you know, John Walters is a big, big code of honor guy, big, he just wants to technically wrestle. He wants to, you know, he's, he's a plucky white meat, you know, kind of guy, right? So he hates that and he hates Xavier and that he's doing all this tomfoolery to win his matches and the prophecy and all that. So you got that kind of dynamic going on there within this match. You got Mark Briscoe, who I believe won a four way last month. He won some match last month. So Mark Briscoe has some momentum behind him. And obviously homicide is probably the, other than Samoa Joe, probably the top guy in Ring of Honor at this point. So really fun dynamic between these four guys. Homicide felt like the big star in this were up, whereas Mark felt like the underdog in it. I mean, just I mean, just let's just list off some moves that happened. You got Homicide busting out the cop killer. You got Xavier busting out the kiss your ex goodbye, which is a stupid fucking name. But um, it's like a pump handle into a face buster kind of thing. You got Mark Briscoe busting out a nice looking Liger bomb. All kinds of dives to the outside. You got Homicide and his tope con hilo through the middle ropes. You got Mark out there shooting star press to the outside on everybody. Xavier does this. He's done this before and it always scares me. But He jumps from the top rope like in the corner. He jumps to the middle of the rope to the middle of the top rope, into a split legged moonsault. I don't know how he does it, but it looked beautiful, and like the, the whiplash of him flipping backward looked devastating. And then also all three of those guys do dives, and then John Walters teases like he's going to do a dive, but then he just slides on his knees and flips them off. It was really good stuff by all these guys. A star-making performance for Walters, I thought this was. Um, Xavier and Mark Briscoe looked great as well. And obviously, homicide is homicide. Well, towards the end, we got Xavier hitting a power bomb. He does this like combo where he hits a power bomb onto Mark Briscoe and then picks him up into an alley oop. He just like just throws him backwards into a face buster, and then like and then he does that, and then he rolls backwards and then hits a pile driver. So I was like, oh, those three moves back to back and like one fluid thing it was just so innovative. This Xavier is. But ultimately, that being said, Xavier wins with an eye poke. And then it's the kiss your ex goodbye for the win onto uh, John Walters. I believe he pinned, right? So Xavier gets the win here. Big ROH chant. By the way, the crowd is so into this match. They were on their feet. Fantastic energy from this huge ROH chance. Like I said, and it just this left me like, yeah, this is the match 
to me, this is almost a match of the year contender so far. It was that good. I promise you. If you're going to watch one match from this show or from this month, go check that out. But with that being said, though, there is some good competition for match of the month, including CM Punk versus AJ Styles, which I say those two names and it should be no surprise to you that this was an awesome match. But <laughs> It really was not a lot of no, no real feud between these guys, but it was a really good showcase of two of the bigger stars in the independent scene at this point. AJ, I mean, in, he's in TNA, but it's still kind of an independent at this point. Another, for, I mean, I think commentary said this is their first ever meeting. Uh, I know in Ring of Honor it is. I don't know if they face each other in TNA at some point, but for, for all intents and purposes, this is their first ever one on one match against each other. Punk, I mean, cuts a promo before the match. Like I said, I mean, pro, from a pro, from a promo perspective, no one's on the level of CM Punk at this point in Ring of Honor. Even even like in his entrance, like when he's unmiked, <laughs> it's always it's very reminiscent of his when he came back at AEW collision he said he had some line where he's like, I'm the truth or something. And he's like saying that same stuff here, uh, 20 years earlier. So let me get a little straight edge promo from punk. He's like, yeah, you guys, I bet you're drinking the beers while you're watching this. Well, that makes you a piece of shit. You know what he does, but, um, also a quick note, Samoa Joe's on commentary <laughs> during this match, which is phenomenal. He's, I love Joe on commentary. I love him wrestling, but man, if he ever wants to do full-time commentary after he's done wrestling, I'm all for it. But uh, yeah, some heavy chain wrestling in this one. It's a lot of, I said, one of my notes here was it was a lot of close quarter wrestling. Like, you know I mean? There's not a lot of springboards and not a lot of like flashiness until the end. Um, it's just a lot like really good, believable wrestling is, is really how I can describe it. It was a lot of this like, Stuff that looked like how you would counter a move, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot of contrived nature to this match. It felt really natural. It's just it's just but, but just a good back and forth match here. Punk goes for a Pepsi plunge, but AJ counters it into a sunset bomb or he tries to. But then Punk counters his sunset bomb into his own sunset bomb. It's probably confusing how I described it, but that's a thing that happens. But uh, <laughs> ultimately, at the end, AJ goes for a Styles Clash. Off the second rope, but Punk fights out of it, kicks him off, knocks him to the mat, and Punk goes for the Shining Wizard, but AJ catches him in midair and then hits the Styles Clash. Good googly moogly. That was a smooth-ass counter, and AJ gets the win here, which I was pretty surprised about, but because Punk, obviously, he's the ROH guy, whereas AJ, I mean, he's already been NWA champion in TNA. Like, he's, he's that guy, but he's still... Doing big things in Ring of Honor, apparently. So yeah, just a really great match. Really, really crisp. But then well, while we're talking about CM Punk, let's talk about night two. Because AJ, the AJ Punk match was from night one. What is Punk doing in night two? Well, we got a little CM Punk versus Steve Carino action on the way here, folks. Now, CM Punk and Steve Carino, if you know these guys, you know, they're kind of like mirror images of each other. And they were kind of trying to push the narrative that like, Punk was like the young version of Steve Carino, but I believe they're like five years apart. <laughs> so it's like, I guess Steve, he's been doing it longer maybe, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Carino comes out. He has this goofy fucking mask on. He has like three belts. They're just shitty independent. He's probably like the middleweight United States six man champion and some random Paducah, Kentucky. You know, he just, he just wants to wear a lot of belts. He, he wants to be like, the Ultimo Dragon. You know what I mean? He wants to be like the Puro Wrestling God, but he's just a doofus, honestly. But 
But then he has Bobby Cruz with him. Steve Carino does his personal ring announcer. And he's doing this thing where it's like, I I might throw a clip in here because I forget exactly what he says, but it's like, yeah, Steve Carino, he's a real man's man. He he abuses men and sometimes women. It's like, what? Yeah, did that provide context? That's doesn't make it better, does it? <laughs> and then Bobby Cruz lists off like men's men, like William Regal and a bunch of shit. It was very long. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a Steve Carino's thing. His, his ring introductions are like super long. But it was like it was putting me to sleep. <laughs> it, was, it was a little over the top. And by also Steve Carino, he has like his young boys with him. So one when Bobby Cruz introduces him. All of his young boys throw in the streamers and he's like trying to create a lot of pop and circumstances. Like it's a shit heel thing to do, but it's like, I feel like Steve Carino thinks he's a bigger deal than he actually is. And he's like obsessed. All his promos are talking about like the internet forums or I guess they're shitting on him at this point. It's like, man, he is, he would not survive in today's environment. Let me tell you. Um, but then CM Punk actually one-ups Carino here. He makes the, the the normal ring announcer list all of the drugs that CM Punk has never done, which is all of them. And it's like five minutes of him just saying drugs. The crowd it makes me laugh. The crowd like pops for the drugs that they like. So like marijuana gets a huge pop, but like Zyrtec doesn't get a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's really stupid, like pre-match shenanigans here, but... That being said, the match itself, honestly, I mean, look, it was fine, right? It wasn't as good as CM Punk and AJ, but it was a solid just wrestling match. You know what I mean? The match opens up with Carino showing up. He's like countering everything Punk is doing. It's it's putting forward the narrative that Carino is like the wiser version of CM Punk, I guess. But ultimately, it becomes more back and forth. By the way, I guess Carino like lost hearing in one of his ears from a slap from homicide at one of the previous shows, which I believe it was the spot where like commentary like lost their minds. But obviously the commentary is done after the fact. So I think they lost their minds because they knew at that point that he had lost hearing in his ear. But it didn't look that brutal, but I guess it was. Um, And there's a lot of one upmanship in this match. Cocky pins by both guys. CM Punk does a stalling suplex for 20 seconds and then Carino does a stalling suplex, but only does it for like eight seconds. And he yells at the crowd It's because he has a fat ass. It's like, okay, Uh, I think you do too, pal. But CM Punk at one point slaps the ear of Carino. So uh, targeting that ear, that injured eardrum, whatever the hell. Goes for a count out win. Punk does. So he makes the ref count him. He gets to nine. And then CM Punk grabs him, slams him, goes to the top rope, takes his time because Carino's like out on his feet here or he's out on his back. <laughs> but Carino, I guess, was playing possum. So so CM Punk goes for a frog splash off the top rope. But Carino's playing possum. So he gets out of the way, yells, who's the fucking heel now? And then hits a Yushi Garoshi, 
which he calls the Colby Kazi, which is fun. It's his son's name. Um, lots of big moves from Carino in a row. It's a big DDT, a big STO, a superplex, a Northern Lights bomb. All for two counts. Punk comes back with a Northern Lights of his own and a Shining Wizard for two. Then he hits a Hammerlock DDT, a backdrop driver, and then the bell rings. 20-minute draw this match is. No, no, no one of the, no, none of these egos wanted to put the other guy over, which I'm not surprised about, but crowd's chanting five more minutes. Carino's like, yeah, you want five more minutes? I want five more minutes, Punk. He's like yelling at Punk because Punk doesn't want the five minutes. And Carino's like, you know what? The people are going to have to pay to see it. So like it ends up with Carino and Punk are like friends now because they're both like shitting on the fans and they're like, they're just on the same page. I guess they have respect for each other at this point. So they walk out. They, they have a mutual uh, hatred for the crowd is basically what's being put over here from this promo from Steve Carino. Um, Punk does another straight edge promo means I'm better than you. So there, then now we're all friends. Isn't that fun? Let's all kiss. But uh, yeah, that's where we're at with that. Also got to give a shout out. The last standout match really of this month. Other than, you know, the main event kind of type stuff. John Walters versus Christopher Daniels. Now, like I said, John Walters is a star making month for John Walters here. And this match with Christopher Daniels, like you see these two, you're like, okay, that might be a nice little technical match, but nothing that's really going to blow my cock out of the water. But this, mine was not all, it was out of the water onto the middle of the island. Like this was phenomenal. This match was you got the prophecy showing cracks. Obviously, Christopher Daniels is the leader of the prophecy faction. Um, Xavier doesn't want to really be with them anymore. And then Dan Moff and Cole, you had like the second city saints and the prophecy you're kind of button heads too. So you got some faction warfare going on, um, in the background, but this match here, you know, a lot of chain wrestling in the beginning looked really good Two really good technical wrestlers. You got Alice in danger is on the outside with the prophecy interfering a little bit in this match, but, uh, towards the end, John Walters hits a hurricane DDT for a two count. And then Daniels fights back, hits a BME for two. And then picks him up, hits the angel's wings and then picks him up again. And then hits the last rights. Like all of those mo- moves right after the each other, like right, you know, one after the other really just amplified like how much damage he was doing. So I liked how that finished up. But it was just very, you know, Walters came off very um, like the story here was that Daniels kind of took him lightly and he paid for it. So because Walters was countering most of what Daniels was doing in the beginning. But ultimately, Daniels came out on top and he teases a handshake. Daniels does. But um, he says he would, but he's not going to do what Ring of Honor tells him to do. (laughs) So he wants to shake his hand, but he doesn't want to do it because Ring of Honor kind of makes him. So that's the deal there. But this really puts over John Walters, I think given the nod from Christopher Daniels. Daniels even offers him a prophecy spot. But then Xavier is out here, because remember, Xavier and John Walters are feuding also. And Xavier is like, well, well, I beat this guy twice. Why do you want this piece of shit in the prophecy? And the Daniels and Xavier kind of bicker, and they, they push each other, and Moff comes out to defend Daniels. Moff is also a member of the prophecy, so he's like button heads with Xavier. They get nose to nose. Xavier is like, hey, man, you must have gotten kicked really hard in the head by low key, huh? And then Moff gets pissed off and 
Daniels has to hold Moth back from ripping his head off, which is so we got some prophecy and fighting here, but also John Walters and Xavier feuding, and also John Walters coming out looking pretty good. So pretty uh pretty eventful stuff there. But let's wrap this baby up with some with 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 I guess some dusty roads in there with some Samoa Joe, the world champion of Ring of Honor. Um, I'll briefly mention. So the night one opens up with Samoa Joe just kicking the shit out of Prince Nana because <laughs> Nana comes out. I think he has like an open challenge, right? And then he's just like, yeah, I challenge anybody in the back to a match. And then Samoa Joe comes out and just shits all over him. Uh, beats him in like two minutes or whatever. Like Nana gets the jump on him, but then Joe's like, nah, son. Slams him, chokes him, get the hell out of here. But uh, the main event of night one, so Samoa Joe bookends night one. Brought it up before, but he defends against Jay Briscoe. So Jay Briscoe won a four-way at the previous show to uh, earn his way into this match. A, a really awesome match. Because but my thing with Samoa Joe up to this point, like he's good, right? Obviously. But I'm not seeing that, that like Samoa Joe that I know and love, right? Not the the dominant, the unbeatable Samoa Joe. Like he's he's had really decisive wins, but there's just like been something missing, right? I think he's starting to write the ship a little bit here because in this match, by the way, it's not a particularly long match. I mean, Joe dominates early, but then Jay kind of turns the tables. He counters a, a face wash by like hopping up and hitting Joe with a Yakuza kick, kicks and he like knocks him to the outside. Jay Briscoe, it's a plancha. He gets a flurry in there, but then Joe comes back, hits a Uranagi, hits the Olay kicks on the outside against the barricade, just brutal stuff here. Um, this just felt like a very explosive sprint. This match did um, pretty back and forth for what it was. I mean, given Jay Briscoe and where he is on the card, even though he's had a, a, a good amount of singles matches, he still feels like the underdog here very much. So, but Jay got a lot of offense in here, even is able to muscle up Samoa Joe for a death Valley driver for a two count. But Joe fights back, locks in the choke on the Jay Briscoe, but Briscoe bites his fucking hand, breaks it up. But then Joe's like, you know what? Never mind. Let me hit you with a dragon suplex on your head instead. Hits the island driver for a two count. <laughs> so he's throwing all these bombs and Briscoe keeps kicking out. So we're really, we're really putting over the resiliency of Jay Briscoe here, which is awesome. Uh, and then, by the way, the crowd is completely with Jay Briscoe. And that's kind of what plays in this. And I think it helped Samoa Joe too, because it was like, you get this real, this like groundswell of like, or who the hell is going to beat Samoa Joe? Like he feels like a champion. He feels like that, that final boss on top of the mountain, Samoa Joe at this point. And Briscoe, the crowd wanted Briscoe to win. They were behind him 100%, but he also had Joe feeling off like an, un, like an unbeatable monster here. And that's what the general theme of this match was to me and why I liked it so much. But Samoa Joe he, uh, he hits that island driver. Jay kicks out. The crowd is like, oh, they're banging against the barricade. They're like, oh, what's going to happen next? And then Joe just picks him up and just fucking lariats the shit out of him. And then he pins him after that. So that gives him the win. It's very, very Gunther-esque. You know how like Gunther doesn't really have a finisher? He has like where he has like five different ones. You like never know what's going to end a match. Samoa Joe kind of has that mystique about him at this point, too, which I like. So. Uh, Joe just hits him really hard in the head and pins him. So I, I, I love that really brutal stuff. 
And this match, it felt like a world title match, which is not something I could say about a lot of Ring of Honor title matches up to this point. So, but I think that I think we're in a good position with this title. It's it's it becoming very established. Joe is being very established here, and Jay Briscoe felt like money here, and they're going to continue this feud because in night two, Samoa Joe's like because uh, or at the end of this show actually, at the end of night one, both the Briscoes are like they like declare war on Samoa Joe basically. And then the beginning of night two, Joe's like, oh, you want to go to war? Let's go to war. So we're going to have some more stuff between Joe and the Briscoes, which I'm looking forward to. But uh, great stuff there. But how do we close? How do we close this month? With a non-title match, Samoa Joe versus Homicide. No holds barred. So the reason it's no, it's non-title match, it's a non-title match, is because, well, Homicide's not the number one contender. He lost in night one. And he also lost his match against Samoa Joe at do or die a few months ago for the title. So homicide hasn't really earned a title match, but he wants to fight Joe and Joe will fight anybody. So that's why we have this match here. And it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is quite as good as their previous title match, but it was fun. I mean, you have a lot of really stiff slaps, stiff chops. At one point, Joe catches homicide with a Uranagi and then, throws him on the outside and then suicide dives onto him. And then the Olay face washes into the barricade. So it's like, okay, well now we're off to the races. Um, homicide does his topic on hello again, throws Joe in the ring. Homicide. hits a pile driver. And then this, and then there's no holds barred. So Samoa Joe pulls out a table or sorry, Julia smokes pulls out a table. And this is a callback to their previous match. Cause tables came into play in that one. The table gets slid into the ring. It's set up in the corner. Joe goes to power slam, like homicide whips Joe into the corner. Joe counters and tries to do like a snap power slam into the table, but he like completely misses it. And so <laughs> Joe just picks him up and power bombs the shit out of him through the table. Um, Joe picks him up, dragon suplex, power bomb into an STF. So homicide's about to tap, but Julius smokes is on the outside with the blat, blat, blat. It's like, I guess that's helping. I guess that's helping homicide get to the ropes. I don't know. Um, but then Joe, but homicide does get to the ropes eventually. And then Joe picks him up, puts him on the top rope because in their previous match, Joe won with a second rope muscle buster. So he's going for that again, but this time homicide fights out. Joe leaps off the second rope and gets caught into an ace crusher. One, two, Kick out. Joe gets back up, tries to he just hit him with these brutal looking palm strikes and knees and ends gurries. He's trying to win by knockout. So he'll knock down homicide. I mean, he'll make the ref count. Homicide won't stay down. Homicide fights back. Big boot puts in an STF of his own, which he's won matches with. And then <laughs> Julius smokes hands homicide a noose. Yeah, a noose. Homicide wraps this noose around the neck of Samoa Joe as he's in an STF. Yanks on it. And of course, Samoa Joe just passes out because he has a noose around his neck. So Samoa Joe submits, I guess physically submits, right? Homicide wins. So Homicide beats Samoa Joe. Non-title, but Homicide wins. Crazy. Crazy how it unfolded, and I, I guess we're probably going to get a rematch, I guess, for the title, right? You would think. 
That would only make sense. You beat the champion. You got to be number one after that. But um, I mean, part of me kind of expected Homicide to win because like, why else would it be non-title? But uh, I also might have just thought this would have been a way to like end the rivalry between Samoa Joe and Homicide. But I guess we're we're stoking the flames to the contrary of what I thought. So pretty good stuff there. Pretty brutal stuff in a really unexpected way to end the month. But with that, I think I think I about covered it, right? I pretty much covered everything that was notable. I at least touched on pretty much everything that happened, I think. I should also I should maybe mention night two of the top five by Ring of Honor were uh, the number one spot was vacant. Number two was Colt Cabana. Number three was AJ Styles. Number four was Jay Briscoe. Number five was Xavier. So. Don't know who challenges next, but should be a doozy and a half, whatever it is. So both shows, if I had to pick a better show, I might go with number one just because of those two, um, both Jay Briscoe versus Samoa Joe and that awesome four way. But two really, really solid shows. I think Ring of Honor is starting to kind of collect themselves. They're starting to, it's still, still very indie, but it's, it's the presentation is just improving both both the, the visual presentation and how people are presented on these shows. So got a lot of good stuff cooking for Ring of Honor, but that's about it, right? Match of the month, probably the four way for me if I had to pick. Um, and yeah, on to November we go. Might do a similar type of recap in November, although there are three shows <laughs> in November. So I might do like a, a uh, combo of two of them and then maybe another one with a guest. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But we got main event spectacles as uh, the next show. So let me look at the card here. What are we dealing with here? We got Nigel McGinnis is coming back. Teaming with Xavier. That'll be interesting. Uh, some Field of Honor matches, of course. We got uh, anything catching my eye here. Oh, the Briscoes are back as a tag team. Going for the tag team titles, huh? That'll be interesting. The Briscoes are challenging Special K for those tag team titles. We got that scramble cage match, which is uh, the Backseat Boys versus Carnage Crew versus the new, the next generation Hart Foundation, which is the team of Jack Evans and Teddy Hart. That'll be interesting. Uh, Versus SAT versus Special K, represented by Jay Lethal and Angel Dust. So it's all those teams in a steel cage. That'll be some fucking shit. Oh, this is the one where Teddy Hart does a fucking like triple moonsault off the cage and lands on its head or something. Probably. So that'll be fun. Uh, oh, Brian Danielson's back. There he is. Let's go. Main event of that show. Brian Danielson versus AJ Styles for the number one contendership for the ROH title. So we got a lot of big stuff cooking and that's just one of three shows in November. So we'll, we'll sure. And I don't want to look at the next shows because I kind of want to be relatively spoiler free from what happens on this show, but got a lot of stuff. got a lot of buns in the oven for ring of honor. So always a fun time. I hope you had a fun time. I know I did. So with that, I'll leave you go, go do what you do. Appreciate you for listening and or watching and or tasting. I love you all. I'm hard. Yeah.